Welcome to Politics Welcome and to Right. Politics. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us this morning. Happy or good morning, everybody. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, state of Texas. Good morning, the country of the United States. How are all my people doing this morning? Hey, guys, we are doing a special show today. And before we get started, we want to give a big, humongous... At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Thank you to that control room because because of the work that they've doing in there, we are broadcasting live from Chicago, live from Chicago, the Netroots Nation 2023 conference in Chicago, brought to you by Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. How are my peeps doing in there in the studio? Well, Jack is doing really well, and I've got the tin cans and string glued together, so we're good to hear you. Well, you know, morning, you're sounding good. Van Beber, what's up? Well, I was thinking about the, I guess, the Iowa decision on the abortion, and uh, my thought was, uh, you know, it's getting kind of crazy to bring a child into the world today. Uh, I mean, the male legislators and the Christian right are demonizing women. You know, I'm saying this to the women, uh, you know, maybe it's time for a little pee protest. Maybe uh, might be a good thing. Cut them off till they get the wisdom of your reasoning, your female reasoning. Peace. No children made into soldiers for illegal and moral wars for profit of the filthy rich. Ah, oh. Those filthy rat bums. Those rich. Oh. Ah, you, know what? They, oh. you know what they need to do, Jack? They need to load up all that money and bring it to KPFT. Oh, yeah, that'd be an idea. Now, we know what to do with it. Yes, yes. We could, <laughs> we could run the Pentagon budget better. Oh well, we could do something. <laughs> maybe we could. Uh, maybe we could sue for peace. Ah, uh, okay. All right. But back to you, Egberto. Well, you know, I kind of like that. I mean, he brought the subject up. You know, and you know, uh, like I said, the show is everybody's show. So let's kind of elaborate on that subject. Number numero uno: restrict the P, folks. You can decide whatever you want that to be. But at the same time, Van Beber, look, you know, there's something that I wish people would uh, learn, uh, guys. And this is that a lot of folks with power half the time don't realize the power they really have. Right. And sometimes it's because they've learned not to exercise that power. I mean, during the the, uh, FDR administration, what we don't realize that during a whole lot of that time, it, the country was really, the executive in the country was really being run by a woman, his wife. Uh, women have always had power. Having it visibly exercised is the issue. And right now it seems so often that we are trying to depower women. I don't know if it's a fear or what is it, but 
Van Bibber, you are on to something. Maybe it's time for them to exert. I, I wrote this piece one time called Exert, and it was kind of like for teachers, but it's like exert your worth, right? I sh- no, not exert. Assert your worth, which means, you know, your worth isn't really being asserted. Let's make sure and put that in the fore. But anyhow, folks, we have a great program for you today. Title of the show today is FBI Hearings Proves in Three Ways the GOP Fraud on Their Constituents. And to begin with, we're going to have one called Morning Joe versus Chris Christie. And what it really is, is that I I, I don't know. I think that's a bad name, because, but I'll talk about that later. GOP FBI hearing exposed the GOP as police defunder wannabes, fake news pushers and outright liars. And all of this in one hearing, they came clean in one hearing, well, they didn't come clean. The, the the questioning that Democrats did in the Republican hearing is the one that actually came clean. Anyway, folks, we are here in Chicago at the Netroots Conference. And what is Netroots? Netroots is the largest conglomeration of progressive activists, progressive politicians, progressive writers, bloggers, and everything in between in one place, decided strategy, et cetera, et cetera. Progressives have have actually had a good move in the minds of people over the last several decades. Notice what I've said, a good move in the minds of people. Where it hasn't been executed is politically. And one of the things that we have here are panels that discuss how can we better turn what most Americans want into what Americans vote for. Because what uh, begin with the auspices of the, well, it started before, but it was centralized with the Powell memo that we've spoken about several times, how the infiltration of misinformation, misthinking, and misguided ways of doing things got bled into our society. And we are living with that in in, uh, exponentially. Since Ronald Reagan's Reaganomics, one thing that even Republicans call it Bush one used to call voodoo economics. We've been living through it. Uh, uh, Clinton was unable to solve that problem. Bush won when he became president. Believe it or not, some people give him a hard time. But I like Bush one for what he did back, uh, I guess it was uh, 1980, 1980-84-88, what he started doing in 1988, breaking the promise and taxes. When he did that, he started to say, let's bring a little bit of honesty and sanity. Of course, Clinton changed it. These are things you're not going to hear. Everybody loves to talk about Clinton and the, the woman Piccadillas he had, or Bush as being the guy who broke a promise, not realizing that those two guys actually put our country back onto fiscal responsibility right, to be blown by Bush 2 when the right wing told him, you know what, we don't need a balanced budget anymore. Get rid of it. And Bush, I remember in those days, and nobody's going to tell you about that during his second administration, he said, um, didn't we give the rich people a big tax cut already? You know, that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said in the back room, say, ah, shut up, Bush, just do what we tell you to do give another tax cut. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making light of it, but this is some serious stuff that he did to really put us in the fiscal jam that we're in right now. And again, 
going back to what Van Bever had to talk about, the P word and women, putting that into expanding that from women and putting it onto the society says a whole lot. And what does it say? It says that we're doing so much that most of us don't want to do. So we are here in uh, Chicago discussing strategies and we are having a whole lot of, well, we will be having a lot of interviews. It starts as soon as I get off the show, I'll be heading down to the, the center to make sure that we are all set up and we'll have interviews to play throughout uh, several weeks here on KPFT that, that's pertinent to the work that we want to see done to ensure that, again, America becomes, America doesn't become just the America that a lot of people advertise to the rest of the world, but that we live up to the advertisement of who we really are. Anyhow, folks, starting El Programa, I want to remind everybody that you can reach us many ways at 90.1 FM. If you're in your car and on the dial, that's how you're listening to us right now. If you're home on the dial, I don't know how many people use the radio at home, but if you're home using the radio, that's how you can reach us. But guess what? You can download that program. Tune in from the Android store or the Apple store for your phone and search for KPFT and listen to us en vivo live. You can also go to kpft.org and listen to us live by just clicking on that listen button. But guess what? You can see us live and you can even see me here right here in Chicago at facebook.com slash kpft Houston, facebook.com slash kpft Houston. And of course, you can watch us on YouTube by going to politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. Hey, I want to hear from you guys. Let's let's show that we, we are a community. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. 5738 hit extension number two and Howard or Van Beber will put you online I mean on air right away I mean we we want to hear from you this is your program and when we say that from politics done right we are not saying that as a as a cliche we really mean that politics done right belongs to you if you like something that you or if you don't like something that you hear if you like something that you hear if you want to ask us to start covering something just 713-526-5738. Alternatively, if you're shy, even though we are very nice with you, Van Bever is sweet when he's on the phone with you, and you know over when you talk to us here, it's going to be nice and smooth. 713-526-5738, extension number two, or drop me a line, email kpft at politicsdoneright.com, kpft at politicsdoneright.com. Anyhow, recently, recently, uh, Christie appeared on MSNBC. To, to put it bluntly, I was pleasantly surprised to see him there because MSNBC have a tendency to uh, put mostly yes people on. In other words, people that, that rings exactly with your own ideology. Many times they don't, uh, they, they don't, they don't generally uh, I, I don't, I, I'm saying this, I'm not being critical here in just saying that most of the people who go on align very well with the host and they don't necessarily challenge or take challenges, etc. What I like is I think a vibrant democracy doesn't require everybody to agree. I think a vibrant democracy means that we can have different opinions and not only different opinions, we are willing to change 
our opinions. I can't tell you the amount of people who've called into the program and have actually changed me on several thoughts or, or uh, taught me something that I, I learned dearly. So uh, it was great seeing Christy on and Christy put in his point of view. But I tell you what, in the same process, when somebody comes on to your show, if you disagree with them, uh, agreeably, you, can, you should point that out. And I think, I think go, Joe Scarborough failed to some extent here because he allowed, he allowed Chris Christie to get away with a very dangerous fallacy. Let's go ahead and listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. I want to talk policy with you and let's talk economy. I'm going to I'm going to I just jotted down some things about the economy that right now seem to be very strong. And my question, I mean, uh, you can trash Joe Biden if you like. I'm, I'm not saying you will. I'm saying I'm more interested in how do you improve upon these things? Uh, we obviously have some structural problems. We've got debt. We've got uh, inflation going down a bit. But unemployment uh, over the past year has been at an all time low. The dollar has been at a generational high. Uh, America's GDP, we've shot up to 25 trillion while China and the rest of the world stagnated. Obviously, largest, uh, strongest economy in the world. Childhood poverty at an all time low. Manufacturing is actually exploding for the first time in some time. This is one that I find so interesting, especially if you look at the right track, wrong track number. About 75% of Americans say that they're. They're in a pretty good. They're in pretty good shape economically. Either in pretty good shape or in really good shape economically. And yet we have the right track, wrong track, uh, going in in the wrong direction. That's a bit of an understatement. So given that we're doing some things really well as a country, and I never put that on any Republican, any president, Republican or Democrat, but things are some things are going really well compared to the rest of the world economically. What's Joe Biden doing wrong? Uh, but also, how do you build on on the success? Well, he's he's wildly overspent, Joe. And the, and what's that done? What that's done is not only add monumentally to our national debt, which we didn't need to see happen, but it's also created this inflation. I think the answer to your to your question about in light of those numbers, why do people still feel we're on the wrong track? It's inflation, because inflation is the thing that people feel every day. They go to the gas station, they feel it. They go to the supermarket, they feel it. They go to the clothes store to buy clothing for their ch- themselves or their children. Um, they go to any place and inflation is the hidden tax that makes them feel every day like they're falling further behind. And so despite some of those things you just said, if you don't get inflation under control, inflation is a presidency killer. Ask Jimmy Carter, who is Joe Biden's favorite president. I mean, fact is, it killed Jimmy Carter's presidency, and I believe it will be the single economic factor that will kill Joe Biden's presidency, as long as we don't nominate Donald Trump. And so what we need to do is to make sure that we get spending back under control. And let me be candid about this. Donald Trump did a lousy job at that, too. And so did the Republican Congress. And so we've lost some credibility on that. But as you all remember, when we first became acquainted, in 2010, I inherited an $11 billion deficit on a $29 billion budget and balanced that budget by cutting 863 programs and didn't raise taxes. The fact is that these things can be done over time, um, but they have certainly both Barack Obama, Donald Trump, 
and Joe Biden have all dug this country a huge debt hole that they have left us, all of them adding to the national debt in trillions of dollars. And so that's, Joe, the argument that needs to be made, because until people start feeling like their paycheck outpaces their costs um, to raise their families, um, this is not going to change uh, in terms of the right track, wrong track number. We Now, here's the thing. Inflation, uh, first of all, even as what the corporations are doing is down to 3%. It's amazing. Last week, I mean, think about this. The Fed is looking for an inflation rate of 2%, a steady inflation rate of 2%. That is what they said is sustainable. You do want a certain level of inflation in your economy. There are economic reasons why we have that. I won't go into that right now. That's beyond the scope. But we are at 3%. But we are at 3% even with corporate greed. But I'm going to put that on hold for a second. Remember, we're going to get back to inflation. We're also going to get back to budget deficits. But before I want to expand on this, and I want everybody to listen here intently. Uh, the the fallacy that that Christie gave, and and Joe Scarborough knows it's a fallacy. Numero uno, the deficits isn't a a Biden thing. And then notice what he did. He calculated in the way he answered the question. He did a Reagan, or rather, another. He did a the inflation was. Obama, Trump, Biden. Notice what he did there. A Democrat, the Republican that I'm running against, and then whom again? Biden. So all these bad people that you shouldn't want is what he's saying. He never mentioned Bush. He never mentioned Clinton. He never mentioned Reagan. Carter had a small budget deficit when he left office, even with stagflation, stagflation meaning high inflation, high em- unemployment, something that generally doesn't, doesn't correlate. Usually high inflation usually have fairly good employment rate, low inflation. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying there. Uh, when you have high inflation at times to break it, you try to drop the, the, unemployment, the employment rate. That is the that is a responsible nature of the capitalist structure that we have here. And there are some technicalities that we can go into. But anyway, as it turns out, um, the uh, Carter had a marginal budget deficit. The first president, the first non-war president to inflate the budget as a percentage of GDP, and I mean a huge value, it's Ronald Reagan. And the reason was because Ronald Reagan practiced voodoo economics, according to Bush. He practiced uh, what we call supply-side economics. But here's what he did. He did he, he, he practiced both of them, what's called supply-side and, and, and uh, Keynesian economics. What did he do? He started to spend a bunch of money because, you know, he's not going to cut Social Security, even though he said he wanted to change all these programs, etc. In the beginning, because he had to run for election, he wouldn't do that. Right. So we had Reagan spending a whole lot of money. But then also you had Reagan doing a whole lot of irresponsible things like cutting the budget. I mean, not cutting, cutting taxes. So he gave all these wealthy people, drop the high, in, drop the tax rate way, way, way down, which he eventually had to raise a tad bit, but they never called it a raise under Reagan. They did call it a raise under Bush one. But anyhow, so he went ahead and created a raise. And by the way, I covered this in detail in my book, as I see it, 
how to, uh, as I see it, class warfare is the only resort to right wing doom. Here, uh, he raised that, but uh, he raised that. Um, he, he started that spending. He he blew up spending on the military, and all of that. So he had the largest per capita debt in in not in our history because we had World War II, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like no other. But then, when uh, Bush one came in. And notice he didn't call Bush one either. Bush one went ahead and said, you know, I have to break my no new taxes uh, promise and increase taxes a bit to sort of stop the bleeding that Reagan was doing. Reagan's economy looked strong because we were spending money like no other. Sort of what Biden had to do, right? Spend money like no other to inflate the economy, but for two different reasons, right? So anyhow, so that's why the economy really took off under Reagan. But then Clinton came in and proved the opposite. And notice the media doesn't cover this. The media, when was the last time you heard that the president that had the largest growth in employment wasn't the 16 million that Reagan created? It was the 21 million that that, that, that was done under uh, uh, Bill Clinton. How, how many people know that Bill Clinton's economy was much stronger than Reagan's economy. Reagan's economy is what always people always talk about because we came from stagflation to success. With Clinton, we came from budget deficits and a recession all the way into un- un- all the way into employment we had never seen in this country. The amount of people that were employed. Do you hear any of the media talking about that? You don't. But it's true. Look up the numbers. The president that has had the largest growth in employment. I haven't normalized it for Biden yet, but was Bill Clinton. But anytime you hear Bill Clinton, the only thing they talk about is Monica Lewinsky, as opposed to this guy had an exploding economy much better than Reagan. And let me tell you why the media doesn't cover that. Let me tell you why many organizations don't cover that. Because deep on the inside, everybody wants tax cuts for the wealthy. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, very important. If you say that we had two great economies, one under Reagan where it was built on tax cut, military spending, and otherwise, and then you go and say, but you can have another way where you raise taxes, balance the budget, or balance the budget, and you get an exploding economy, wow. The, the, fist, the people in, in, in Washington may start doing the right thing and start to say, wait a minute, you mean if we tax some more, we have an exploding economy with an exploding economy, we will get reelected because what again? The economy is exploding. We're doing good. People are employed. So there are two options. And the better option is to tax the wealthy and let them pay their fair share. And why does that work? It's simple. When you have tax cuts and deficit spending, you still get a lot of money into the economy, but you give away the store to the wealthy. In other words, you give capital appreciation. You give wealth building to the wealthy. When you have higher tax rates that they pay their fair share, what occurs then is that money goes into where again? That money goes into the pockets of people who will spend it. And spending is equivalent, whether spending is deficit spending or just spending, right? 
it's it's mo- it's money circulating in the economy and if it's money circulating in the economy it is successful for all and that is what they don't necessarily want you to know check that out review the numbers. You don't have to listen to my words. Just look it up and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. 713-526-5738. extension number two. Please don't wait until the end to call because at that time, then I have to try to rush the calls to get any group of calls coming in. So give me a call. 713-526-5738. We're coming to you live from Chicago. I wasn't complete with that subject because the next part of that subject that he missed, that Joe Joe Scarborough missed, was the following. And this is important. Inflation. Inflation was not caused by Joe Biden's spending. In fact, the leading MMT economists would tell you that we had more than $800 billion per year slack in our economy. By Biden throwing about 2 or $3 trillion into the economy... That wasn't done in one year. That was done over years. And if you break it down, you see that we still had more slack in our economy for more spending, even deficit spending. But here's the kicker why we got inflation. Corporate greed and a manufacturing sector that moved overseas that couldn't get their products. So half of more than half was people just saying, give me the profits, give me the profits, give me the profits. Let's remember that. Uh I'm going to pause here and give Augie a chance to come in, but give us a call, folks. We want to hear from you. 713-526-5738. Brother, Augie, talk to me. Hey, uh, good morning. Oh, about good Jimmy morning, Carter. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, presidents really don't have that much to deal with inflation. It's the Treasury Department and in Congress that deal with it, and they're the ones that uh, actually do the stuff with inflation. But Jimmy Carter, he had two things going against him. Uh, inflation for him was OPEC came into being and the price of gas went up so much during his administration. Right. Second thing was the Iranian invasion of the embassy and them right. taking the prisoners. But the Iranian guard was ready to release those prisoners. And, so and what happened def- was, yes, Ronald Reagan, Reagan Republican made a made a deal with him yes. to, to hold on to the prisoners, yes, and uh, until and uh, they were released, but hardly anybody realized that they were released on the morning of Ronald Reagan's inauguration. I remember well. I was in. I I remember when that occurred very very well because it was double screened many places. It was the inauguration as the plane was landing. It was a. It was an amazing surreal scene, and it uh, they, the the person who went and spoke to the Iranians. I don't remember who it was. Actually confessed that that is what they did. But you know, so I mean, there are multiple things that affected Carter. You're absolutely right, and the issue with Carter as well, the inflation was. Uh, Saudi Arabia holding the American economy hostage by um, by increasing the price of oil because of our support for Israel and other other factors right there. So I mean, look, it's uh, you know the, the inflation uh, under Biden wasn't caused by Biden. The inflation under Carter wasn't caused by Carter. And the other thing that I think is important, Augie, for us to remember is uh, you. you I, I want to push back a tad bit when you say 
uh, that the Fed has control over inflation. The Fed can and do magical things to kill the economy and killing the economy forces corporations to lower prices. But inflation is caused by the private sector. I, I want folks to stop believing all the hoopla they get. Inflation is caused by the private sector. Let's let's uh, our good friend, uh, Representative uh, Katie Porter, gave the best interpretation of that, and I'm I'm so glad that she did it. She drew a chart that showed that the price increases were direct more than half of the price increases is directly reflected if you go to Wall Street and you see all these guys ringing bells and saying our profit went up by x amount remember the windfall profit on the top 750 companies right now is 1 trillion dollars per year that's profit they would not have otherwise had i'm not talking about their total profit that's just the extra profit their windfall profit and that can be directly correlated to 50% of our inflation rate. So when inflation was at 9% a couple of years ago, that was corporations, half of that, more than 4.5% of that was corporations just saying, I can legally pick your pocket. I can legally charge you more and I will charge you more. And the other half is also responsibility of the corporations. How is that the case? Because they're the ones who foolishly put all their eggs in one basket, put all their manufacturing overseas. As shipping went down, as as people could no longer manufacture in China when they were shutting down to try to, to take care of the virus, it meant, meant we were going to have supply chain problems because we put all our eggs in one basket. Whose fault is that? You can't blame a government for, well, the only thing you can agree is a government policy that allows them to take tax breaks to do that. But they are the ones who ultimately did it. And tax breaks or not, they're likely going to do it. And then what happens to mitigate that? We, the American people, created this new bill to build uh, these chip factories back in the United States. I thought we were a capitalist country. Shouldn't the private sector be doing that all on their own? It just proved the fraud that we really are. Continue, Augie. Okay, yeah. You're right about corporations cause inflation. Uh, but another thing about Ronald Reagan is he didn't uh, destroy Social Security, but he did uh, do one thing. Uh, he did rate... Uh, uh, it's the first time Social Security was ever taxed by the IRS or the Ronald Reagan. Augie, Augie, hold on. I wanted, uh, because you made a very, very important point, our people need to hear. A very important point, Augie. Don't just stop there. If Reagan yeah. and Republicans are always talking about tax cuts for wealthy people, tax cuts for corporations, how comes you gave a huge tax increase? To those people, the poor, the middle class, who are on Social Security, then that automatically what you just said, Augie. First of all, it's a fact. But what 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 you what people have to realize with that as well is here is the truth. The truth is they don't mean don't tax Americans. They mean don't tax the wealthy. But we will add a tax to the Americans. Continue, Augie. I just didn't want people to slide on that important uh, comment you made. Yeah, because I know some Republicans uh, that are now on Social Security, but they remember back then at one time Social Security was never taxed. FDR right. created Social Security, but he didn't tax it, and the Democrats never taxed it until Ronald Reagan did. And uh, now Republicans are wondering, 
At one time, it, they remember it wasn't taxed. But why is it taxed now? They forget Ronald Reagan taxed it. But uh, they didn't you care. Know, you know, why? it's so, it's so important. I'm sorry. I, I, I stepped on you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. All right. So here's, and, here's uh, the thing. Here's the thing. Um, uh, it, it, it is a sham because in a way, you know, what they really wanted to do by taxing it, sort of handle that cost of living increase, you actually mitigate the cost of living increase, right? Because Social Security increases in price as more people are added to the rolls. Now, eventually, when the baby boomers die out, right? What's going to happen is every year there's a, there may be a cost of living increase, but at the same time, you're going to have folks dying off, folks coming in. But also with the 2% inflation or whatever the inflation rate is, all of that will stay in balance. I mean, all these formulas have been calculated already. But again, you're absolutely right, Augie. But anyhow, Augie, anything else you want to add before we move on? Yeah. Another thing about Jimmy Carter, he put solar panels on top of the White House. Yes. Ronald Reagan, but he, on the very first day on the morning, he took those solar panels out, <laughs> too. And, um, and people sort of forget that and forget that Jimmy Carter wasn't responsible for those hostages being kept so long. And, uh, Look, and, Jimmy uh, Carter uh, was doing renewables or, or thought, was thinking renewables before new renewables was a thing. Renewables came in, a lot was placed in renewables when we had the, the, the oil embargo back in 73, 74 and all of that. People started thinking about all this. I mean, under Clinton, we I mean, not Clinton, under Carter, we had things like the sin fuels where they turn carbon into oil, but they were also looking at cane and all these other things that we're going to use. And all these industries started to take off for, um, uh, for this, Reagan came in as a stooge to the oil companies and he, he making a point. I mean, I, I, the, 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 the thing that shows how little a mind is for somebody to come to the White House to make a statement as if it's a good statement to take the solar panels off. How I, I don't use these words on radio, but how you know what that is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Augie, thank you for calling yeah. in, my brother. Another thing was about interest rate under Ronald Reagan. Uh, I bought a house, mm -hmm. and it was double-digit interest rate. It was like eighteen percent. People Walter. are hollering seven percent, eight percent for a house. Right. And that he's under Ronald Reagan. It was double-digit. Volcker uh, would have been great. Yeah, it was Paul like Volcker. Yes, yes. Yeah. Paul Volcker came in. And his only goal was to kill inflation, and it didn't matter that in the process it killed people. That's their old goal. They had a flawed economic system, and that is what he did. He brought interest rates all the way up to 21%. I think it was 21%. And I think mortgages reached 18%, if, you, if I recall. So people had little house with huge mortgages. It's ridiculous. But anyway, thank you very much for calling in, my brother. Thank you. Bye -bye. All right. Anyway, folks, give us a call. Uh, Augie is the first caller. Let's get some more and let's get some new callers. I'd like to get, we've been getting new callers lately. I'd like to get somebody that's never called in if you called in before, but if you've never called in, call in as well. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. I just want to close out the Joe Scarborough portion by saying, uh, pointing out the things that Christy said wrong. Wrong was that Inflation is not was not created by Biden. It was created by greedy corporations and corporations who sold our soul by manufacturing overseas. So not it's not what 
Katie Porter said that 50 per, just over 50 percent of inflation was caused by the private sector. One hundred percent of inflation was caused by the private sector. Our economy had enough slack to cover the amount of influx in to, in that that President Biden put in there. And let me let me tell you how you know that the economy had enough capacity to handle that. It's simple. Inflation normally occurs when there are shortages. But you know what? There were shortages of eggs because of a flu virus or flu in a flu something. There's a shortage of certain manufactured products that came from China, but there was not a shortage of every, anything else. There was a glut of oil, even though they made you believe that the Russian uh, war was going to make things even worse. It never was true. And that's why oil started to tank. So let's be clear here. 100% of inflation is a direct responsibility of the private sector. I would bet a finger to prove that to you. 100% was caused by the private sector. And let's be clear here. Uh, don't you believe anything other than what is factually in front of you? The supply chain issue was done by the private sector. The uh, price increases that they, they charge you was done by the private sector. The government did nothing but ensure, meaning the Biden's government, ensure that we didn't crash and burn after the thing. And I'm not even a Biden fan, but that is exactly what happened. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Anyway, yesterday there was a, <clears throat> a crazy hearing in Congress. And what I, the first one that I want to show you is... Uh, you know, since the last time we spoke, we kind of spoke a little bit about uh, we spoke a little bit about Hunter Biden. I don't like to cover the Hunter Biden story because I think it is so silly. Right. But Matt Gates and all these guys, especially I want you to see how they do that. Uh, the reality is the Hunter Biden transcript that's been running around the right wing has always been a fake. You know, uh, the laptop may not be a fake, but the stories about the many of the stories about the laptop are fake. And look at how Matt Gates handled it with the FBI director that was appointed by a Republican and also acknowledged by a Republican Senate. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Florida Republican <coughs> Congressman Matt Gates did a dramatic reading of a text that has been declared a complete fake by Hunter Biden's lawyer, the highly experienced and effective Abby Lowell who wrote a nine-page letter to the House of Representatives showing all of the evidence that the text that is supposed to be from Hunter Biden and read by Congressman Gates today is completely and utterly fake. The text was supposed to have been written in 2017, but it includes a photo of Hunter Biden from 2022. Abby Lowell pointed out, that everything about the image of the text is fake. In his letter to the Republicans in the House, he said both images portray the message in a blue bubble when WhatsApp messages are in green. One image superimposed the Chinese flag for the contact ID when surely that was not how a text or contact was kept. And then, of course, there is the too good to be true language of the text, which is just a perfectly written text for someone who is trying to suggest that Hunter Biden was using his father's influence in business deals. I'm sitting here with my father, 
I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has no oh, hold interest on. in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. We Now, think about it. They already received a nine-page letter pointing out why it is a fallacy, why it is false, why it is a fake. Again, I repeat, a nine-page documentation was shown that the picture that was on that text from 2017 was actually done in 2022. They also showed you a, a uh, that the bubbles from Skype or, or from Zoom or whatever the text machine is that they use, uh, the text tool application is, use different fonts, different graphics, etc. It showed that it was a fake because they built it out of new new stuff that they did. But you know what? What's, what's so disheartening is... That, you know, people who do real fakes would spend their time to investigate and make sure their time that make sure that I mean, I, you, you can do a good fake. You can do a good fake that is hard to refute. But again, uh, the Republicans are not looking in any way for truth. They're just looking for you know what. So let's go ahead and bring uh, Brother Bart into the conversation. Bart, come on in. Hey, sir. Yeah, the, yes, sir. well, let's, okay, let's say that the text is fake. All right, that's fine. Well, the, the, the money that it was in his bank is not fake. Okay. The tax evasion is not fake. What isn't fake? The, uh, the, the tax evasion charges. No, if, and that's why you got convicted for, right? He would be in prison. Okay, now here's here's the thing, Bart, and this is so important, right? Um, it is okay to uh, to tell truths. Yes, it is true that he had he had tax evasion, and you know what? Uh, for anybody in Biden's position, right? If he, if Biden wasn't the president's son, uh, given that he paid it back, he would have gotten the fine, no prison, and he wouldn't have been charged. Right. But because he's a president's son and because there's a, there are a lot of bards out there that that are looking for this specifically, he got charged. He got charged because he was the president's son, because this sort of picadillas happened over and over by wealthy folks all of the times. And, and with respect to the money, did he use his father to make money? You bet your life he did. You know, but you guess who else does it? Every one of these kids, except for the Carter kids. And that's why I love Carter. I love President Carter because he is likely the only real moral president we've ever had. Bill Jimmy Carter was likely the only moral president we've had. And that said, when it came to El Senor Biden's son, yes, he used his name to get ahead. Yes, he did all those things. Yes, he was on drugs. Yes, all of that is true. 
but lying about what you know about all the the, the picadillas that uh, the right is doing, it makes no sense. And at the same time, it looks hypocritical when you get two billion dollars provided by the Saudis to Ivanka Trump's husband and wonder, wait a minute, what did he do to earn the right to have that two billion dollars? Oh, wait a minute, he is Trump's kid, and also, why did Trump uh, did live? take their golf tournament to the Trump estate again after it was supposed to be. I mean, we can go down this rat hole. Notice I don't talk about these issues. You know why I don't talk about these issues, Brother Bard? Because it doesn't make Brother Bard's life better. And I'm trying to make not only your life better, but everybody's life better by allowing us to concentrate on the things in our economic system, the things in our society that does make life better. And if I can ever, Brother Bard, get you to get off of those issues. And we can have good ideological debates, but let's have debates about things that really matter. That's where I want to go. I love that you call into the show. I love that you say your piece and you will always be a guest and friend of this show. Continue, my brother. Okay, I have a hypothetical yes. scenario here. My belief is that Hunter is trying to take down his dad mm-hmm. slash crime family from the inside. Mm-hmm. That's why he's leaving the cocaine in the White House. That's why he's leaving the laptop at the laptop store. Mm-hmm. That's why he's leaving these texts out there, and and he's tired of. Okay, wait, wait. Uh, I thought I thought you agreed money. that the text was false. Using his influence to get money for his daddy. Ah, uh, okay. Let me ask you this, sir. Did 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 I hear you start? Did I hear you start the conversation with, my belief is? No, this is a, a hypothetical scenario that my, yes, this is my belief. that That's what I'm saying. Okay, and that's fine. You have the right for that belief. Yeah. I mean, look at this poor guy. He's on mm-hmm. drugs. He's okay. got all these problems. Why? Why? It's because of his family. Really? His dad. His dad is the problem. You really think so? Now, so every ta- every family that have a drug addicted kid, you think that that family is doing something just out of this world that caused that kid to be on drugs, right? You have any kids? I have three. Okay, well, you know, let me tell you something. If I find out that one of your kids do does something that's illicit or is taking drugs, my first thing is not going to be to say, well, look at the bad parent that Bart is, because all of us have a little bit of bad parent streak in us, right? Uh, there's things I shouldn't have done with my daughter as far as spoiling her that probably would have made things. I mean, there are a lot of things like that, right? So no, no, Bart. I think, look, let me tell you, I this is, this is what I really think about you, right? I think that you are an ideological guy on the right. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me, let, can I finish? Just like you had a thought, your, your thoughts. I'm telling you my thoughts. The good thing about it is you can answer my thoughts while Biden can't answer what you thought about him. So my thought about you as a person is that you're a good guy, but you're ideologically on the right. And not only are you ideologically on the right, but, uh, you know, you are, you're in this school that I, I see on the right these days where somehow, you know, the other side has to be demonized, right? In other words, the other day, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else called me and said, I was a socialist American hating person, 
right? Which is far from the truth. I love the country. I love what it represents. And I love the ability that I have the ability as a very small part in making it a better place. And that's, that's what I want to do. But I think if uh, I don't go out and judge you for your kids, I don't judge you for how your kids turn out. I judge you for the things that you do. And I wish a lot of you on the right, whether you, you know, whether you're conservative or otherwise, try to do the same with those of us who claim that progressive mantra, because we don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. You know, um, I, I don't hate you. I, I want to have the dialogue. I want, in fact, I would, I would sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. And I bet by the time we're done with the coffee, you'll have a different impression of what progressivism is all about because it's not what you think it is. Okay. Go ahead, Bart. Come on. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Biden's been in office 50 years. He's been I agree. on the double. Yeah, too long, right? Too long. Years. Do you agree now, it's too long? Now he, Do you agree oh, it's absolutely. too long? Okay. And absolutely. you know what? That, those are things that, hey, wait, Mark, please hold, please, please hold, please hold. Um, we agree that he's been in office too long. I think a lot of people are in office too long, but people can only be in office if people put them in office, right? Exactly. And what we have to do, if we, if we don't like that, we work the system as brother, brother Howard. I always, you guys always give me a reason to bring brother Howard in. Howard, come on. And what do they have to do again, Howard? Use that right to vote. Here you go. Use the right to vote. Vote them out. That's it. So, Bart, don't yeah. complain about Biden. Vote him out if that's what you want to do. Or vote somebody sensible in. Bart, we have more in common than you would believe. All right? I'm telling you. Go oh, ahead. I agree. I agree. You and me agree. We're, we're on the same page except for the socialism, progressivism that, part. You and I go, hey, Bart, Bart when I get back to Houston. Bart, be quiet and listen to me for a second. I listen to you all the time. Come on. We got to go and have some coffee sometime. You hear me? All right. Sounds good. We'll talk. Have a good one. Thank you for calling in. Corn Pop, Corn Pop was a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Bart. All right. Anyway, folks, I, I love my peeps. I love my peeps. I love all of my peeps. Um, anyhow, uh, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. We are calling in, or rather, not calling in, we're giving you a, a show here from Chicago at the Net Roots Conference. Folks, um, I'm going to have some outtakes and cuts for you uh, pretty shortly. While uh, I don't want to go to the next video, it seems like there's another, if there's another call in, I'm, I, I think we're going to forego the other video because we may, I, I don't want to cramp the time of the callers. And you can always go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter to cover all the, all the subjects that we are covering, that we were supposed to cover today. 713-526-573. Come on in, Alex. How are you doing, my dear? Now, I never know if Alex is a woman or a man. So, Alex, come on in. Uh, well, this is Alexander, but everybody calls me Alex. So, there you go. Oh, no, yeah, Alex. Um, thank, you for your, thank you for your show and your time that you put in. I want to talk to you about, uh, you say get out the vote, but I'm really disappointed in the fact that all this gerrymandering, like uh, you try to get out the vote and you do everything you can, but the system is rigged like a game of chess where mm -hmm. they already got it set up where they're going to win because uh, now with all the 
I heard uh, that now companies could put in their vote also. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to eliminate the, the, the what your vote is. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't uh, I don't see how we could win unless they fix the gerrymandering that's going on. Okay, we need to fix the gerrymandering to make it easier for the people's voice to be heard proportionally. What I mean is that let's look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 50-50 state, pretty much, a, a, slide, a tad bit yeah. Democratic. And why? how do I know it's a tad bit Democratic? Because in the at-large races, mostly Democrats won. In the large, in the mo, in the at large races, mostly Democrats won. And what that means is, when everybody puts their vote into one pool, that pool is has a Democratic slant. Now, at the same time, uh, Wisconsin has a near near supermajority, not a supermajority, in their legislature, which means Republicans, even though they make up just 50, about fifty percent of the population, have about a six to seven percent of the voting power. That is what gerrymandering does, right? The, the, but here's the, the, the thing. We can go ahead and say why well, it's defeatist because of gerrymandering, or we can also try to hit people where they really are. Let me give an example. In a lot of gerrymandering districts, a lot of people don't show up to vote because it's gerrymandered. And so the, let's say it's a plus plus five district for Republicans or, or, or that way. The way to mitigate that is to say we bring out, we maximize our votes and then we change, we work on changing minds. And how do we change minds? We go to the guts. You know, I mean, I, I try to give an example here in Texas, right? The rural areas have a, a general majority uh, support for Republicans, but the Republicans screw the rural voters more than they screw anybody else. Let me tell you what we have not done as progressives. Whenever a hospital closes in Timbuktu, Texas, where it was closed because of the, the Medicaid ex- expansion to the Affordable Care Act was not given to those people, to, 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 to all Texans, what it meant is that rural hospitals close. What I would have done is every potential Democrat in that region and every Democratic senator, congressperson, etc. from Texas should have had a big press conference at the closing of that hospital and then come out at the closing of that hospital and said to those people in rural areas and have it blasted, have paper cuts, I mean, not paper cuts, have paper flyers and everything on every door in rural America that says your hospital was closed courtesy of the Republican Party not extending the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. There are a lot of things we can do to talk to people that we don't, right? And that is because when people talk about elitists in Washington, they are correct. When they talk about progressive elitists, they are right. I'm at what, the largest progressive conference right here. And some of the people that I'm going to interview, I'm going to talk to them exactly about this by saying, hey, you're a guy out there operating this stuff in Washington. Why is it when a hospital closed in North Carolina, you then have a big press conference where every one of the Democrats went there and said, because you voted for these guys and these guys, why, why didn't you show them materially how it killed their relatives? Why, when you, why aren't you going through the obituaries? In, your, in these local newspapers to find out why did this person die? Oh, the person died. They couldn't reach the hospital in time and they expired. Why aren't you turning those into stories? You know who do that very well, does that very well? Republicans. 
They do that very well. They know how to turn those stories to change minds. And that's why those districts are Republican, because there is no pushback. So what I'm saying to people, my brother Alex, is we can't be defeatist with gerrymandering. We have to be proactive with gerrymandering. Go ahead, my friend. Yes, no, I I realize that, but it's going to take some time when we could fix it and make it fair where the vote, the people's vote is actually counted with, you know, it's, uh, you have all these, uh, uh, what do you call it, congressional votes where yes. it, the states vote and like, you know, I remember years ago when Bush was at uh, the state of Florida flipped yes. over there, it was already declared and then they flipped it. And yes. uh, it, I think it's just because of the gerrymandering that they're doing, we're just flipping no, all no, these. Look, there, there's no doubt. Areas. I got to cut you. Alex, we got to go because I'm, I'm free, frozen on time here. And, and Robert, I mean, <laughs> Howard's going to kick me out. So, look, you're absolutely right. We're working on right. that. Let's get the job done. But let's let's be proactive with it and not defeat us and say, ah, voting's not going to work. Let's tell our people we got to keep voting. We have to get into the memory set of voting. And once we do that, it'll slow. As you said, you're absolutely right, but we can get the job done. Thank you so kindly for calling, Brother Alex. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. All right, folks, look, we are coming to the end of the show. And before we close, I always like to spell, hey, uh, Howard, give me a quick 15 and, and Van Bibber, give me a quick 15. Great show today. And stay tuned for Democracy Now! with Amy Grittman. And now, Jack. Uh, uh, no, I'm just I'm you know I'm just trying to keep things in uh, in the cycle, you know, with with uh, my comments about women. Well, uh, you know, you keep your comments, Jack, 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 Jack. You keep your comments about women coming because you know we are here listening. And look, folks, I want to thank everybody for giving us the opportunity to speak to you. I want to thank you for your ears and your eyeballs, meaning those of you who watch the, watch it on YouTube, those of you who watch it on Facebook. And look, we cannot do this without you. So before I go, even though we're out of this mode of, of fun drive, I want to ask you guys to still go ahead and go to kpft.org and hit that donate button and make sure that we are funded for what uh, to keep this type of voice on air. We cannot do this without you. This is your program, your show, your station. My name is Egberto. Willies. Thank you very much, El Senor, Jack Van Beber, and Howard Reynolds. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.